Welcome. Today's session with the Couples in Business, we're going to be talking about a concept called collusion. And uh, I must say that I'm very familiar with this um, because I've had multiple times when, uh, for me, if I'm trying to achieve a huge goal and I'm feeling as if I'm not getting there or I'm just not achieving what it is that I want to achieve, the first person that I usually go to is my spouse to be able to um, collude with them or get um, a convincing argument as to why it is that I'm not getting the result that I want to get. So uh, I want you to have a think about this based on whether or not you're the partner who tends to um, hear from another partner who is trying to make excuses or whether you're the one that's making the excuses. I've been on both ends of, of that situation and I'm sure in every couple um, we've all had experiences that we can think of where we collude with our partner and that is that we don't hold them to their highest good um, as opposed to um, you know perhaps a mentoring example where uh, if somebody's coming to you saying I just can't save any money um, instead of saying, well, I know, isn't it just terrible with the global economic crisis? And, you know, did you know that the average savings is minus 4%? And that's collusion. That's allowing the person to not reach for their highest good or for the goal that they've set themselves. And it's finding evidence elsewhere to back up the fact that that goal may not be achievable and it might need to be reset. So collusion can also happen um, amongst team members. I've had lots of examples of this as well as a leader where um, people will have those water cooler conversations. I'm sure you know what I mean. Whereas they'll leave a meeting having not said anything and then by lunchtime from that morning meeting you've heard a huge amount of feedback from the meeting from people that have just been talking in the kitchen area. And for me, you know, that's part of conflict resolution is understanding that, you know, if we have a culture where collusion is allowed, then it will just grow and grow and grow. Whereas when you openly discuss the opportunity as a couple to say, look, let's just not collude with each other for 90 days. Let's really listen and accept that uh, it's going to be tough and we're going to be shooting for things that we haven't achieved ever before. But let's really back each other and encourage each other um, to speak at the next level of where we're playing. And what I mean by that is as we start to move up the entrepreneurial ladder, we all started as employees. And as an employee, it makes sense that you should be able to rock in, turn up whenever you'd like, you know, get paid for achieving whatever the best that you can achieve. Um, and get your entitlements to your holidays and your sick pay and maybe even take a couple of sickies because you know that's that's sort of the the way in which we've been brought up um, and then you know go home on time if you haven't finished your work well I've done as much as I can I'll do the rest tomorrow and an employee mentality um, is understood in that when we go to school we're very much told what it is we need to do so we get to school, we're told be in this room at this time, read this book, achieve this assignment, and we're sort of shuffled through as a bit of a sightseer in life. And so that's our mindset. If you want to move to the next level and you want to manage, you want to have a team of employees of which you're accountable for their results, you need a completely different mindset for that. And if you continue to have an employee mindset as a manager, 
you wouldn't have too much results, I would imagine, at the end of the year when things um, were getting tough. Anybody can manage an excitable team that's a winning team in good times and good economic upturn. But if you're an employee mentality that's trying to manage a team, then you'll have a challenge when you have to discipline anyone or when you have to correct anyone or when you have to have um, any kind of coaching arrangement with that person around their results. And so what we know is that if you then go home as a manager and still have an employee mentality with your partner, that you know, you'll never move to the next level. Especially if your conversations are, it was easier when I was an employee, I just had to look after my own sales figures, I only ever had to manage myself, I just had to get there, turn up and do the best I could, it's so much easier being an employee. So if you're married to someone who's just moving into the area of management, the best thing that you can do is say, yes, but look, you know, this is the way that we need to get to go forward if we're ever going to own our life. If you're ever going to have you know, unlimited time and unlimited money, then you have to climb that ladder and you can do it. I believe in you. You know, we just need more skills or you, you'll get there. It's just a learning curve. Those types of conversations, if you have, will snap that person out of that mindset and show that you have belief and you have trust in that next level. So what I say is always play at the next level. If you're a manager, start to pretend like you actually own the business in that you've put a million dollars of your own equity and you have a lien on your house so that if you don't make profit at the end of the year, you may actually lose your house. When you play at that level as a manager, what tends to happen is that you become that shining light that, uh, that people are looking out for. That's real leadership qualities. And so by sitting down with you know, accounting um, professionals and legal professionals and marketing professionals and sales trainers and people that can help with time management, then what happens is you progress up the ladder a lot faster. So for me, I was always looking two rungs ahead. I was always as an employee imagining myself as an owner and when I was an owner, I was always imagining myself as an investor. Because let's have a think about it. If I was an investor in my own business, would I pay me today? Alright, so it's all about production. It's about making sure that the results that I'm getting on a daily basis are worthy of investors' money. Because as soon as I was able, I wanted to do um, no money down deals with other people's money. And so what I needed to do was build the character traits within myself to prove that I could look after those people's money. So for me, when I was going home and, and feeling frustrated and defeated and, and thinking it was all too hard, um, it was very, very challenging if Kent, for example, said, you're right, you know what, you should just go back and, and get a job. Wasn't life easier when we just knew where we were going and, and what it is we were doing and watching the same things on TV every night or, or whatever it was and we call that collusion because if you entertain that thought, then what happens is you can collude and then remember what you put focus on or give power to is what you're achieving. And so it makes that um, uphill battle even more steep. And so I guess as a spouse, what's important is that you know, you're aligned with that person's goals so clearly that you can see for them what they can't see for them when they're challenged. And that's what's really important, I believe. You know, for, for Kent and I, um, I've told this story before, but we linked our goals. And so when I achieved my goal of working two days a week and earning the family's entire monthly income myself, 
then he received um, a present. He got a motorbike. And um, what that did was it basically solidified his role as the main supporter in our team. And so that meant that, you know, he had to be even tougher. He had to be more strict with uh, the environment that he provided at home, that it was encouraging and that was positive. And it allowed me to have time and space to recover when I'd had some hard knocks. But it was also conducive to getting back up again very, very quickly, getting out the door and getting another result faster. Because when we look at successful couples, that's really the trait that they carry. They've married well and uh, they basically encourage each other to be the best that they each can be. Now I'm not saying that I never whinge and that we never collude at all. In fact, I quite enjoy our, um, our time that we might have below the line. I know Brad Sugars uh, teaches a wonderful lesson above and below the line and people that are below the line are constantly looking to blame others, uh, make excuses and um, they can be in denial around the fact that they're not taking ownership over their life. Uh, however, people above the line always take ownership. They're accountable for their results and they're responsible for their actions every single day. And they're the victors in life. They will be successful. And so we just had a rule that, you know, if you want to go below the line, then great, go below the line, but take 10 minutes. Okay, so 10 minutes and whinge as much as you like. Now, as a spouse, listening to somebody whinge for 10 minutes, it's really important that you give their full attention and you just listen. It's not important that you feed anything back. It's not important that you get frustrated. And, uh, and certainly I know when I was working for Flight Centre and I had lots of teams, so over 70 teams in five years. I think it was 75 or 74 team combinations in five years. And I used to come home and, and seriously collude. And um, Kent would get emotionally charged over what was happening in my office on a day-to-day -day basis. And that was very much when we were in employee mentality. And I realised that then he would also then hold grudges against those people for the things that they'd said or the things that they'd done, and that affected his relationship with those people. And so that became a real challenge when, of course, I'd got over it and I'd had my whinge and then I wanted to keep moving forward and I saw the positives in those people, that he would then say, but remember they did this and they did that, and you know, so he'd remind me. So that's another form of collusion, okay, is that, you know, when we're moving forward very, very quickly, you're going to have downs. If you want to go below the line, then let people know clearly, I'm just going below the line, and then when I'm up above the line, I'll let you know. And take your 10 minutes and just enjoy it, and then pick yourself up and be accountable that you get the team you deserve, you get the results that, uh, you know, based on the actions that you've been taking every single day. And the net cumulative effect of not taking positive actions at the next mindset is that you will remain exactly on the rung of the entrepreneurial ladder where you're, where you're acting. And so I think that you know, probably um, avoiding that collusion as a couple is far more important than it's ever given, um, I guess, training to. I mean, I'd never heard about this um, when I studied psychology. They don't really talk about it that much in high-level management. Um, but I think in small business, it has a, la a much larger impact um, on a day-to-day -day basis um, than people realise in couples. And so it's really important to have a strategy that you're going to use to be able to encourage um, the, the fact that there's only going to be the positive wording and, uh, and encouragement to move you to the next level. It's very important.
so the next topic that I really want to discuss is then the fact that when you create this pressure as a spouse because it is pressure if you're not going to collude is that you will push that partner into what's called perturbation and that's the action of being perturbed now when somebody is under a huge amount of pressure they're going to act and react in ways that are natural to them so let's have a think of some of the ways that we can act or react I've had times when I've got very very angry I've had times when I've got really really sad I've had times that I've gone really really quiet and I've had times where I've wanted to to yell and to scream so perturbation will bring out natural responses based on what's going on under the pressure and supporting somebody through that is a really important process because firstly when um, when you're outside of that pressured area it's very easy to look at a situation and reflect upon it and say remember when remember when we did that and that caused that and I tried to support you this way and that didn't work for us what would have worked better because it's far easier to pre-discuss these topics and these situations when we're not actually going through the motions because what's really important is that we know through the process of perturbation it's a timing thing some people might take weeks to be able to break through a pressured frustration because they're keeping themselves simmering instead of allowing themselves to boil and pop right through and what I find is when somebody colludes with me they're taking me off the boil and it actually just um, literally puts me back on simmer until something else happens and then I go up to boiling point and then back to simmer boiling point simmer until finally it could be something very very small and insignificant like the the printer jamming or the fax machine not working or be out of toner or something for the tears to come and so then people look at you like you're an absolute nutcase right <laughs> especially partners saying it's not your fault the printer's not working let me fix that for you but it's not about fixing the printer it's about going to going back to the initial pressure point of what's going on and being able to support that person right through that process of surrender which is that you've set yourself a deadline so you've drawn a line in the sand and then the pressure is going to mount as you're heading into that goal and the purpose of setting goals remember is to get life experience and so people who never set a goal never have the life experience and so it's very challenging when you are one person who likes to set lots and lots of goals and you've chosen to marry somebody who prefers not to set goals not to put themselves under that pressure and so I guess um, what was really important in my relationship was understanding that that process was important to me to be able to master it wasn't like I was going to get to a point in my life where I just stopped setting goals and so if I could make it easy on myself that um, you know life would be better what was more important was that Kent understood how to support and communicate with me when I was around one of the deadlines of my goals he was able to be the major support person not just for me but for my entire family and to ensure that you know things were executed and and coped with in a way that was manageable stress-wise for me so that I could achieve the best results that I could achieve now what's in that for him okay so let's think about that I mean if your spouse gets to the point where um, they're no longer responsible to add any finances into the budget and all the money that they make goes on fun travel and trips and toys and things like that is that worth it 
you know, have you actually sat down to say, is there a payoff for, you know, helping and supporting within that role? Because it's an absolutely vital role. Now, of course, by colluding during perturbation, that's actually not going to help the end goal, is it? And so the critical thing is to acknowledge the fact that, you know, to be around somebody who's under huge amounts of pressure can be challenging for both parties, very much for the party who can't control it. And so the natural instinct is literally to retreat or to take that person away from the pressure because we don't like to see people that we love in pain. But just realise that for me, um, without a doubt, having you know four or five years where I would deliberately place myself within this process and master the process, now I can you know put myself on the boil and you know it might take three or four minutes for me to source the exact challenge or the pressure point and acknowledge to myself what it is that I'm needing and then ask for what it is that I'm needing and then for Kent to be able to deliver that as soon as possible. Alright, so what's that worth? I mean, if you can achieve that in your 20s, if you can achieve that in your 30s, in fact, if you can achieve that in a lifetime, what is that going to be worth in emotional intelligence? And that's really what we're talking about here. When you don't collude with somebody, it shows um, a sense of character. It certainly shows that you're clear around the purpose of, you know, why it is that um, you're setting yourself these goals. But more importantly, it shows that, you know, you're, you're able to work together with synergy. And that's where the greatest results are going to happen. That's when you're going to shoot up that ladder much quicker as a couple than you would do if you were alone because would you agree that your spouse knows you better than anybody else? And so when they use the positive aspects of you as opposed to pointing out the negative aspects of you, you can grow so much faster. Because would you all agree that we all know the negative aspects of ourselves far better than absolutely anybody else on the planet? I don't need my partner telling me what it is that I've done wrong because I'm reminding myself on a minute to minute basis of everything in my life I failed at. That's what perturbation is. And so what takes real strength of character is when you get to the point where you're confident enough and secure enough in your emotional intelligence to be able to hold strong for that person, listen to them when they're down and say, well, what do you need? What can I do to help you best? Do you need time alone? Do you need to go out? Do you need to just have, you know, a night off? Do you want to go see a movie? Um, let's go dream build. Let's go drive a car, our dream car, whatever it is that you're doing. We sometimes play a plan B scenario, which is, well, we've always got plan B. And plan B is we sell up everything and we move to a little island over in New Zealand <laughs> where Kent's mum lives and she's got a little cottage on her property right on the beach and the kids would go to a kindergarten and we play out that scenario and that kind of allows me to be able to see a way through. If you've got another option, then you'll be surprised at how much more fight you'll have inside of you when you imagine the fact that you've got nothing to lose. And that's really what is the most important thing is that when you're a manager and you're managing a team, what have you really got to lose by not colluding? Really, you've got everything to gain. What have you got to lose if you do collude? Well, generally what will happen is um, the reputation as a leader is tainted. Okay, and realistically, um, it's very challenging 
to be able to regain that posture with a team member if you've lost that posture by colluding. And so it's really a decision. You have to decide, I will not collude, and you need to tell people in front of their face, if it's a spouse trying to get you to collude, say, oh, would you like me to collude with you? Do you want me to tell you all the reasons why I don't believe that we can do this? Ask them the question in a very clear manner and so that, you know, after they've had their 10 minutes of below the line activity, they know that they can count on you to be able to take them and their dreams to the next level is really, really important. So basically, um, it's like a bit of a trap. If you think about um, what I always think about is that let's say as a couple we've, we've set ourselves these goals and the goals are going to be based around a 12-month period and we're going to have four lots of times where we're accountable for our goals. So in between these quarterly challenges, there's 12 weeks. Okay, so how many obstacles are going to crop up in 12 weeks? Well, it depends. I mean, whatever the goal is, you might have obstacles daily, you might have them weekly, you might have them every month. Um, but realistically, you need to get a picture in your mind where you recognise, um, especially if you're the spouse that is supporting your partner, is that how gracefully they get over those obstacles is really the key to um, achieving success. Okay, because if success, whatever you've defined as your, your goal for the quarter, is to achieve those things, then we need to very gracefully um, get through these obstacles that are come, going to come at us. Now, if you're a spouse looking on somebody else, isn't it much easier to see the perspective? Imagine a hurdler that you're watching from the side of them and they keep on hitting the hurdles. So they're running up and their, their stride is too far out from the hurdle so every time they go to go over the hurdle their back leg keeps hitting the hurdle compared to if you're the runner in the race okay so realistically how you deliver that information is absolutely critical um, to be able to support that person to get their technique right and look as graceful as possible as they're winning the race okay because you can you can win the hurdles, I imagine, um, if you don't knock them over, but you just hit a few of them. But how much better is it when you watch a professional, somebody who just has a perfect technique and just gets over those hurdles really, really smoothly? So that's how I look at a spouse or a support person, is to say, you know, if you'd set the race up correctly, if you'd probably taken 15 minutes to focus on what it is that you're wanting to achieve, if you'd mapped out you know the distances between each hurdle and you were clear around how how many you could handle um, then you're probably going to have enough energy to get to the end of the race but also how are you coping in and around the stress that you're achieving are you even in the right race are you trying to be in the olympics hurdles or are you trying to be in the little athletics hurdles you know so basically pick the race that you choose to play in and what I'd always say is go to the next grade. But as a spouse, just beware, it's just a game. And you will be trapped. You will be targeted to be able to blame if you don't um, basically help your partner to achieve their goals. And I know from, um, from a point of view for myself, um, when I look back at the strength that I received from, from my partner and um, from my family, 
to be able to help me to hold strong to my goals and allow me to have the challenges that I was going to have anyway but to be around and support me and cheer me on and to congratulate me when things went well and not collude with me it allowed me to grow in strength of character and it also allowed me to feel safe within my team and that's what's really important I think at the end of the day is don't fall for the fact that somebody actually wants you to collude in fact um, the most powerful leaders I know are the best at getting people to collude with them and so you have to grow as a partner in your power and you need to remind yourself why you've chosen that person, why you're on this path, what are the rewards going to be for you regularly and who's going to support you and who are you going to have that isn't going to collude with you. And that's the most important thing is we all need uh, you know, a, a group of people in, in our couples, in friendships and things like that, that we can go on this race of, of life with, this human race of life with and be able to run the race together. And so, you know, have a think about the friends that you hang out with that um, very similarly don't allow you to collude, but basically, you know, hold you to the next highest good of what it is that you could achieve and, and really, you know, share in your success as you achieve it. And if you don't have friends like that, if they're not at the same mindset level as that, then that's the next step that I'd encourage is basically to do a little audit of of the, the closest people that you hang around that don't allow you to collude. Who are they? Then have a think of the people who you love to go and collude with. And they're handy to have on your friends list as well. Just make sure that you know when it's appropriate to, um, to ring those people and to catch up because that can be a dangerous phase. If you're not achieving your goals and you're feeling very, very frustrated and then you go and sit with that person, they literally could take you off on a different path um, as opposed to somebody who could uh, believe in what it is that you're doing in the first place. So collusion can be a trap. Um, it's a really big topic that I think we've only really just touched on. Um, but in terms of um, addressing it, I think that the most important thing is you know why. Why it is that you're holding that person to their next greatest good what that's going to mean for each of you as individuals are you absolutely clearly focused on the rewards that you're going to get and I think that um, once we're clear on the rewards then it's worth it because it's probably only a couple of hours every month that we are going to be pressured or tested in this area but it's going to mean years off the journey achieving the success that you want to achieve so I wish you well and I want you to practice lots um, being focused and 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 uh, not colluding at all this week. So enjoy the week and we'll catch up again next week.